the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. It's been a good recording day. I, th- I think we've had some great episodes today. I think that our guests have been awesome and I'm just generally in a good mood. So that's always a good thing. What about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I feel like things are moving along the right track. Always something to improve, always something to work on, but feel like things are going okay. You want to go ahead and introduce our guest? Yeah, today we have Greg Still. He's a Gildian. He's been a Gildian for quite some time, and I can't wait for him to tell his story today. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Greg, for those of our listeners who don't know you yet, why don't you tell them a little bit about your dad being a lawyer, you becoming a lawyer, and sort of everything in between? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a small town in upstate South Carolina, Anderson, South Carolina. Most people kind of know Greenville or Clemson because of the university or bigger city. Anderson's nearby. My dad was a lawyer, so he was actually a small claims judge for most of my life, actually my whole life. He went to law school a little later, but by the time I came along, he did evictions, small car wrecks, those sort of things. So I grew up, summers were spent watching evictions, watching small car wreck trials. And I went off to college, didn't think I was going to follow in his footsteps, but junior year of college decided I thought law school would be a good fit. So I went to UGA for law school. I thought I was going to be kind of on the big law track. I summered with a large law firm in Chattanooga for two summers and then clerked for a federal judge in Augusta, Georgia for my first job out. But I realized I really missed that small town aspect of law. I realized that what drew me to the law was my dad's experience as a small claims judge where he you know, knew all the people who came in front of him in court, where he could do work that impacted their lives. So I kind of switched courses in 2018, moved back home. I did a couple stints with legal aid and child protective services. And then I opened up what is now Steel Family Law in March of 2020, a week before the pandemic hit. It was a great time, but we weathered that storm much due to the help of the Guild. It's been a great experience ever since going back home and practicing kind of in that small town setting. Let's go back to those early days, right? You make the decision, you launch, and then everything shuts down in March of 2020. So 
walk us through your mindset at that time and how you really were able to maneuver through that. Yeah. So I opened up, things shut down, and I was panicking. Courts were closed, you know, brand new. So I didn't have access to any of the PPP or EIDL loan stuff because I had no income to show. I didn't lose anything. I literally went to zero income the, the day before everything hit. So I was really nervous and I really had a lot of self-doubt. I really struggled with confidence that I could do a good job as a lawyer. So for that first year, I kind of muddled through and pretty much weekly, if not daily, I'd come home and tell my wife, tell my office share space guy who's a photographer and he runs a photography business. I was like, I want to quit this. I want to give up. And everyone's saying, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. And I kind of hit January of 2021 and I was just ready to be done. And finally, everyone around me said, okay, if you want to be done, be done. I started applying for other jobs. I actually applied to be a school teacher, like a high school history teacher, because my undergrad was in history. And I was ready to close up shop. And I ended up reaching out to a former law clerk who had clerked for the same judge I had clerked for and is now a school teacher. And we kind of started talking about our experience and some of the struggles that he had as a lawyer. And I realized, oh, maybe the challenges aren't external, maybe they're in my head. Maybe if I believe that I can serve my clients well, I can actually serve them well. If I believe I can build a business, I can actually build a business. And that kind of really opened things up. I didn't get the teaching job. I kind of went full-blown into what at the time was Greg Steele Law is now Steele Family Law. Hired my first employee in March of that year. Joined the guild around that time. Well, later that summer of 21 at, at Max LawCon. And it's been wide open ever since. And realizing that it was really my own blinders that were on, not the challenges of opening in a pandemic or anything outside of me that were holding me back was really the big thing that helped me move forward. What planted that seed in your head? What opened up your eyes to see that it was stuff that you had to look at internally? It was really having that conversation with that clerk who I really randomly reached out to. And he said, here are some things that, you know, when you clerk, when you do well in law school, here's the ways that you're kind of framed to think. You're always taught that you have to be perfect, that anything less than perfect is not good, that you every single moment have to be on and have to get everything right. And it's almost like an all or nothing mindset. If it's not perfect, it's terrible. And kind of talking to him and hearing how he had worked through some of that really helped me realize like, oh, this is how I'm thinking too. I'm thinking if I don't do every single thing exactly right every step of the way, then what I'm doing is worthless. And that's just blatantly false. All right. So tell us about what's going on with you now. How have things changed? And to me, it seems like a lot for you has changed over the like last six months, maybe six months to a year. And so I want to kind of zero in on that time frame and tell us how things have changed. And what was the reason that those things changed? What was the genesis of that? So definitely started to grow and kind of hone what my firm is doing. And, and a lot of that, I think, is conversations I've had with people in the guild, like going back to my first hot seat with the guild when I came back in and we talked about what do you actually want? Like, do you want, and I was kind of trying to figure out, do I do what I really want to do or do I try to set myself up for a potential job in the future? And that was kind of the, I, I think, initial seeds of no, like build the thing you want to build, like do the thing you want to do. And then from there, kind of going in and be, having a sounding board to go to with problems 
was huge. So I, I went to Mastermind in January last year in April in Atlanta and got a lot of clarity and coming in the summer, having those conversations with other people and other law firm owners really helped me see myself more clearly. And, and that's kind of grown to the point where I did another hot seat with y'all at the end of last year and realized my biggest practice area was really what was sucking a lot of my resources and was really not profitable. So I dropped that end of last year and I've moved into a totally... So it was kind of this, without going into details, this court-appointed work that was capped by the court and court orders and fees. And I realized I needed to take on more private pay work, as I call it. That was where my profitability was. And I could give back in other ways. And I had to let go of this because I had this kind of emotional attachment to helping kids in that specific way, which I'm able to do in other ways. But having other sets of eyes on what I'm doing instead of just being in my own head, that's huge. And that's the benefit to me of community. I have a couple of favorite Greg Steele stories, but one of them was when I first talk to you the most, which was at that mastermind in January last year, when we were sitting at dinner with two other family lawyers, Devin in Virginia and Elise in Washington. And it was so fascinating to hear how fundamentally different your practices were, how Elise could charge a lot more in Seattle because of the tech people up there and the fees that she was getting on family law. Talk to us a little bit about that ability to check in with peers doing similar work in other areas of the country. I think it opens up your mindset of what is possible. Because that's been huge. I've talked to Elise, Devin, a little bit to Marco, who's out in Utah. Kevin Lemley, who's in Arkansas, actually has a pretty similar practice to me in both demographics and and setup. Um, But being able to kind of bounce those ideas off other people, it really has helped me see, okay, I do have my limits. I do have my own specific needs that are local, but I can take ideas that work for Devin in Virginia and apply them to my practice. I can take ideas that work for Elise in Washington and apply them in my firm and help grow my firm in ways that my local network of attorneys, they aren't thinking this way, or I'm not able to have those conversations with them because we're all kind of zoned in. And it again goes back to that kind of expanding your mindset, getting a lot of different eyes from a lot of different perspectives. And that's really where growth comes when you're not just stuck in your lane with your eyes and your specific people telling you, hey, here's how you got to move forward. I really am curious to hear about what you're going to be doing in the future, like because you've really sort of drilled down and you've gotten focused. So what excites you about the next five years? I think growing my team. I was telling... So I've gone from... It was just me in 2020. 2021 in April, I brought on a paralegal who was like kind of two-thirds time. She ended up moving on to a better opportunity this last year. And I brought on a full-time paralegal. I now have a two-thirds time kind of receptionist legal assistant and then an overseas VA. And I was telling actually my team this last week, one of the things that I love the most is leading my team. I love that even more than lawyering. So I really am excited to grow my team. I love working with people. I love managing people. I love helping inspire them to reach their goals. And that's kind of where I want to go. I don't want to become you know, some huge national firm or even statewide, but I would like to grow to a few more attorneys. I would like to grow some, to some support staff, and I'd love to just be able to serve my kind of third of the state uh, in the area of family law. 
The Zapathon is back. If you're new around here, the Zapathon is the OG automation workshop. At this next exclusive guild event, we're partnering up with Maximum Lawyer's good friend, Kelsey Bratcher, to bring you a day and a half automation workshop. The idea of automation is simple, right? Identify a repeatable pattern of tasks and then use technology so that business process can happen without you. But setting up that technology can be daunting, time consuming, and even have a steep learning curve. Join us in person and you'll create automations on site that will start working for you before you even leave Austin. Join the guild today and grab your ticket at maxlawevents.com. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today, Greg Steele, family lawyer from South Carolina. Greg, talk to us a little bit about that decision to let go of a practice area that was taking up all of your time. I've said many times that the more I niched down, the more money I made and the better lawyer I was. Can you sort of chime in on that? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of my niching down was I started really broad. I thought I was going to do, you know, some probate, some estate planning, some family law. I thought everyone was like, if a car wreck comes to you, that's, you know, a big money maker. So make sure you don't turn that away. And that was kind of the, at least locally, the way I was told to look at practice. And pretty quickly, I learned family law was going to be what I enjoyed the most and what I was the best at and where there was a huge need and the market need. So I, after the first year, kind of shifted down to that. And I was doing a lot of what was called guardian ad litem work. I alluded to it earlier, where I represented the best interests of children in these family law cases. I was appointed by the court by order. The parties were ordered to split my fees. And it was a good way to really kind of both learn the system, but also I just, I love kids. I love working with kids. It felt like really good, meaningful work where I was making a difference. And as I got into the end of last year, I realized, yes, it was a way that I can make a difference, but it also was draining a lot of my resources. I wasn't able to recapture a lot of the time spent on those cases. A lot of parents weren't really paying me. Even though I had an order to enforce my fees, I would have to come back and sometimes it'd be six months or a year after a case before I would pay fees were fully paid. And that's when I kind of hit that point where I said, yes, I care about children's well-being. I want to be able to make a difference, but I can do this in my private pay cases. I can get fully paid for the work I'm doing. I can charge the rates that make sense for my business and I can still do this while letting go of that. And I think it was hard at first because I a lot of my identity, I think, was wrapped up in this, man, I do guardian and litem work. I help kids in this way. But realizing I can still help people, I can still help children and run a profitable business, that really was what pushed me to say, okay, I need to let go of that and I need to move in a different direction. All right. So on the topic of identity, okay. And I only want you to answer this if you feel comfortable. I feel like your identity was wrapped up in some things before. And I think I feel like you've sort of gotten through that. And I only want you to talk about it because I think other people that might be listening to this might get some benefit from it. So do you mind talking a little bit about that? You know what I'm talking about. So you mind talking a little about that when it comes to your relationship with your father and how you've sort of gotten past that? Yeah. So growing up, it was a very interesting experience growing up in the small town, the son of the county magistrate, because everyone knew him. So, you know, we'd get stopped in the grocery store and we'd get, you know, stopped everywhere out. And everyone would kind of come and say, oh, your dad is a, a great man, a great judge, which is all true. I love him. We have a wonderful, very close relationship. But there was a lot of kind of me being tied into his 
reputation and his legacy. And I think coming back home at first, I felt this responsibility almost to carry on his legacy. So part of that was more public service versus private business. He tried to do the private practice law firm thing, and he was just not good at business. And it folded after a year. And that's when he moved into public service after that. So with that, I think coming back home, even opening my own law firm, I felt like, okay, at at some point, my exit ramp is going to be like my dad's. And realizing, no, I, I get to create my future. Sure, I love my dad. I appreciate his legacy. It's helped me build my firm in my geographical region. But I don't have to do everything he did to be successful. And really, one of the big moments was when I realized I don't have to do everything the way he did for him to love me and be proud of me. He's had some health issues. He was really, really sick at one point. And we we thought we were going to lose him. And one of the few things we were able to talk about that he told me was, I love you. I'm proud of you. And knowing that, and knowing he had seen the different path I had taken from him, but that he still was proud of me and loved me in that also gave me this freedom to say, okay, let me continue doing that. Let me forge my own path and be my own person while appreciating the the huge benefits he and my mom have been to me in my life and in my firm. Greg, one of the other highlights of the Guild, life in the Guild, is when someone posts about how they've just had a monumental month or they've had this big breakthrough. And you had one of my favorite posts along those lines recently. You want to talk a little bit about some of the successes that you've had recently? Yeah. So this last year, kind of second half of last year, once I ironed out new paralegal coming on board, new receptionist legal assistant, firm has really taken off. I more than doubled revenue from 2020 to 2021. And then 2021 to 2022 wasn't quite doubling, but it was close to doubling. And it was really funny. I remember coming into the mastermind in April in Atlanta of 2022 and saying, I just had my biggest month ever. And I'm so excited about this. This is great. And then I looked back at my numbers for the last two quarters of 2022, and there was not a single month that I was below what I had in March of 2022. Like that had become the new normal. And we ended up setting a much higher goal for this year, revenue goal every month. And it did like that revenue goal would have been mind blowing for me a year ago. But now again, it's starting to feel normal. And I think that's one of the things as you grow and, and you hit that new target and you hit that new goal, that becomes your normal and you get to continue to raise it and continue to raise it. So if you limit yourself by saying, okay, this is what I can do. My experience has been, you're going to blow through those ceilings and you're going to have to set new, even crazier, bigger goals pretty quickly, quicker than I ever thought. I love that. I think that that's a really, really good perspective. And I'm, and I'm glad people heard that from you because it, it's. I think that that's really important for people to hear. All right, Greg, we do have to wrap things up. We're up against the time. So before I do, I want to remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. It's free to join. A lot of great uh, law firm owners. There's over 6,000 law firm owners in the group sharing the, their great tips and tricks to help run a law practice. Also, make sure you join us if you want a higher level conversation with people like Greg Steele. Go to maxlawguild.com. And while you're listening to the rest of this episode with our tips and our hacks, if you don't mind giving us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate it. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? 
Greg, this is a great show. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. So my hack of the week, back in the day before Google hid the way that people found your website, I used to spend a lot of time seeing what search queries led to people finding my website. I really, really enjoyed that. Well, Google took that away a while back, but I found something that I think is helpful along that line and also for creating content. And if you just go into your Google search browser and type in something about your practice area, say H1B visa or guardian ad litem or family lawyer or whatever, and then once the search results are done, you can click on people also ask on Google again and again, and it'll show you the next sets of questions that are similar to what you put. And it's a great way to get ideas for content. You can see the actual phrases and things that people are typing into Google over and over. And that way you're going to start answering these things in the words that they understand versus some legalese that you probably feel more drawn to. Jimmy, given the goods, that was a good one. That was one that you, you sort of had in your uh, hip pocket. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't know if you wanted to give that one up. So that's a really good one. Awesome. Greg, you are up next. What is your tip or hack of the week? Mine is to read the book 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Amy Morin. She's a social worker. And that book has, I talked about kind of my journey over the course of this podcast. And that's a book that's really, really helped me along the way, helped frame up some of the negative things I was doing with my mindset and helped me change those things. So it's one of my favorite books. I recommend everyone read it. 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. I love it. That I've got to check that one out. I've not heard of that one. At least I don't think I have. So I'm going to check that one out. So mine is, I had to look up the actual app. So I don't know if people realize this, but you can, inside of, like built into your iPhone, if you have an iPhone, you can set up automations. And I think it's under, I think it's called automations is the name of the app. But what you can do is, and you can Google it if you don't know the actual name of it. But so I do my daily success log. Uh, it's something I fill it every day. There's also something I do. It's called daily story work. Um, it's from a book, story work. The daily success log is something that Jason Selg talks about. But what I've done is I set up for both of those things at certain times, I send myself a text to fill those things out. And I, I have set up a, a form through Zoho Forms for me to fill that stuff out. And I just text myself a, a form every single day at the, the specific times. It's not on my calendar. It's an actual text message. It just goes straight to me. And it's really, really helpful for me to, to do those things. You don't have to use Zappy. You don't have to use anything else. Just use your automations from your iPhone if you have an iPhone. If you don't, I don't know what the app would be that you'd use, but it's really helpful. So if you want to set yourself a reminder or whatever, send yourself a text message, whatever it may be, you can use uh, Apple iPhone automations. Greg, thank you so much for coming on. I know that you're an ABA tech show and you, you had to take some time out to do this. So really appreciate it. Be safe up there and enjoy your time. Thanks. Appreciate it. See you guys. See you, Greg. Have fun, man. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, more content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time. Maximum.